The Start On Demand. demand. There's a certain retailer I've raved about, Jerry, that I love their online bricks and mortar combination. I got a little frustrated with them last night. Oh, do tell. I got an email, oh, about 5.30, and I clicked on it probably seven minutes later. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were having this massive watch sale. Ooh, watches. I'm thinking, oh, I don't think Jackie's up yet. No, she's not. Uh, Jackie's 40th birthday tomorrow. Okay. okay, having a big party, big celebration. If you haven't been invited, uh, your invitation got lost in the mail somewhere. I apologize. But if you don't have the invitation, you're not getting in. So the, that's <laughs> just for the record. Good, uh, good to know. Good to know where I stand. <laughs> so, I'm, uh, you know, I, I've done a few things, special things for the birthday that she doesn't know about. Some she, some she does. And I'm thinking, oh, that'd be nice. I haven't bought Jackie a watch in a while. So I'm scrolling through. These watches, and I get emails from this retailer four times a day about these magnificent sales that they're having and exclusive online, et cetera, et cetera. Long story short, I clicked through five possible options. None of them were available. The, None five, of the, f- most, the five most popular, apparently. Oh, well, come on. They send like 45 <laughs> options. I click on five of them that look like they might be an option, and uh, I'm denied every time. I called customer service, and then... Jerry, I took extreme action. What did you do? I crafted a very sternly worded email to customer service. Well, that'll teach them. That'll learn them. Oh. Anyway, I would be interested to hear from you if you had any (laughs) frustrating experiences like that. GMAC at CJOB.com. Now, uh, Dustin Hoffman's name has been circulating for the last month or so with regard to uh, the Hollywood sexual uh, assault and misconduct allegations. Well, Dustin Hoffman's name has come up one more time, and this allegation might be even more disturbing than the last year's shadow allegations regarding the alleged deviant behavior of one of Hollywood's most beloved actors came out last night. 80-year-old Dustin Hoffman has been accused of exposing himself to Corey Thomas, then a 16-year-old high school student in a New York City hotel room back in 1980. She was a classmate of Hoffman's daughter, Karina. The story is the three of them, Hoffman, his daughter, and Miss Thomas, spent a Sunday afternoon walking around Manhattan, doing some shopping, seeing the sights, then went for dinner. After that, they visited a condo Hoffman was buying as he and his first wife were going through a divorce, which was being renovated while Hoffman stayed at a nearby hotel. Miss Thomas said the original plan was that her parents would pick her up at the restaurant, but Hoffman suggested... The three of them wait at his hotel and leave a note for Thomas's parents with the maitre d' saying where they'd be. After they arrived at the hotel room, Thomas says either Karina or Dustin, she's unclear on which one, suggested that Karina should go home. It's a school night. She's got to do homework. So she left in a cab and I was left alone in the hotel room with him. Shortly after Karina left, Hoffman went to the restroom. She heard the shower turn on. After several minutes, he came out with a towel wrapped around him, which he dropped. He was standing there naked. I think I almost collapsed, she said. It was the first time I'd ever seen a naked man. I was mortified. I didn't know what to do. And he milked it. He milked the fact that he was naked. He stood there. He took his time. Hoffman eventually put on a robe and sat on the bed, according to Thomas, who said that he then asked her to massage his feet, which she did. I didn't know what to do in that circumstance, she said. I didn't know I could say no, so I did it. And he kept telling me, I'm naked, do you want to see? Thomas said that she pretended not to hear him as he started making suggestive comments to her. What saved me 
was the phone rang. It was my mom downstairs to pick me up, so I left. Miss Thomas didn't tell her mother about this whole thing until recently. She also never told Hoffman's daughter, who years later was a bridesmaid in her wedding, saying, I didn't want to embarrass her. Does this ruin a fabulous body of work? Movies like The Graduate, Midnight Cowboy, Marathon Man, Kramer vs. Kramer, Tootsie, Rain Man, Hero, The Fokker Movies, Lenny, Papillon, All the President's Men, will be tarnished forever, at least for me. Because these are serious allegations, and now you have to think again about Hoffman's on-screen run-in with John Oliver at the Wag the Dog reunion a few weeks back. I have the utmost respect for women and feel terrible that anything I might have done could have put her in an uncomfortable situation. I'm sorry, it's not reflective of who I am. It's not reflective of who I am. It's that kind of response to this stuff that pisses me off. Because it's, it is reflective of who you were. Then there was a period in time for a while when you were creeping around women. So it feels like a cop-out to say, well, this isn't me. Do you understand how that feels like a dismissal? It's difficult to answer that question. You weren't there. You didn't know that. But Hoffman says you weren't there. Oliver fires back with, I'm glad in case you missed it. Sorry for the audio. By the way, in the video, you see Robert De Niro sitting there on stage, shaking his head, looking very uncomfortable. Many actors were defending Hoffman, including Alec Baldwin, Ron Perlman, and Michael Rappaport. Not his alleged behavior, but suggesting that Oliver Sucker punched him because it was supposed to be a reunion show, not about the allegations. But now, Come on, man. bottom line, I'm glad Hoffman's not in the new Star Wars movie. Couldn't see it. Back to GMAC. Shadow, you are a man of your convictions. I respect you for that. Greg Mackling, Kelly Moore, Jeff Braun, Shanley Vidal, and of course, behind the glass, Jerry, we're going to have some coffee and talk about gift-giving reaction versus expectation. And I know this is something that I've experienced along the way, but uh, let's face it. When they say giving is better than receiving, I think it's totally true. I love to plan out the gifts and and imagine what the reaction is going to be to the gift. Uh, it has to be, you know, the perfect gift. It has to be wrapped just right, etc. And seeing their faces of joy and exuberance when you give it to them, and it, you got to admit, it's kind of disappointing when the reaction doesn't add up to the anticipation, right, Kelly? I'll tell you, when you got the old lunch bag letdown. That no, <laughs> what do you call it? Lunch bag letdown. Okay, explain no, that, saying. Well, sure, you look at the lunch bag and you go, oh, this is all I have today. Just a cheese sandwich, <laughs> an apple, and crackers. Who uh, who made the lunch? I was looking for so much more. Did you make your own lunch? No, it's, you asked me what the expression was about. Let's, I know, I get it. it. It's, not a, it's not worth a, a national inquiry. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But have you been down this road, Kelly, where oh. you thought you've purchased the absolutely perfect gift only to, <laughs> I don't know, have it end up in the trash, perhaps? Several times. I'm not going to bore everybody with the uh, earrings and the uh, and the peach top story anymore. But uh, those would be at the the top of that list. But yeah, and because it has now come to this, my wife now gives me a list or leaves pictures of things on my wallet <laughs> or phone. <laughs> Well, we used to do that as kids, right? With the Canadian Tire catalog, yeah. we'd leave it open, dog ear the yeah. page, but so mom or dad would know. This year, I have paid attention when we've been out shopping, and my wife is, oh, I would love that. And then I have 
gone around a corner and snuck <clears> in my phone, buy this. Nice. So there might be a couple things that I'm not I'm not setting the bar high for okay. expectations so that there's no letdown, okay. no lunch bag letdown. But yep, yep. I think there might be. You remembered. What did you do with my husband? That's what I'm kind of looking for. I did that this year with the pictures. I was, my girlfriend and I were in a store or whatever, and she's mentioned how she wanted something while she was talking about it. I'm taking a picture of it with my phone. <laughs> like, I'll come back and get that later. Yeah. That I worked that, out well. I did that with the boys one year. We went to McNally Robinson. The aunts and the uncles always want to know what do the boys want. And so I'm surreptitiously just kind of, yeah, yeah, they want this book, they want yeah. this book, and I'm doing a mass email and, and sending it out. Do you know what they need? Meanwhile, store security is watching you like yeah. a hawk. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> They're watching me anyway, so what the heck. Uh, you know, they need a gift registry for kids, like an online registry where your kids can actually, like a Santa app for uh, aunts and uncles and that sort of thing. Why don't you develop one and become a because millionaire? Because you know what? Somebody's already working on it, and it's way too late for do that, that. Do that for disappointed wives, too. There's another one that should definitely be on there. A friend of mine's little boy a couple years ago, he was, I think, four at the time, and, you know, he couldn't write. But he wanted to make a list, so he's drawing pictures on the sheet of paper. And then he goes to bed, and we spent like an hour trying to figure out what he was drawing. What was it? Never found out, because the next day my buddy asked him, and by then the kid couldn't remember. He was, he's like, I don't want that anymore. I want this. You know? <laughs> oh, yes, the, 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 the ever-changing expectations. Yeah. Shanalee, uh, you know, uh, do you do you count on the reaction of the gift receiver for validation of your choice of gift? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I only like, I don't give that many gifts, right? I don't have a big family. So I, so it's usually just a, just a, a couple of us. And I mean, I want them to have a great reaction. I, I do hope that they have a great reaction and, and I, and I, I try and I don't usually get disappointed because it's also to, to stomp your feet and say, I don't like this. I didn't get what I want. Rah! I'm throwing this peach top in the garbage. <laughs> That's... No, no, it went in the pile of rags, not in the not in the garbage. <laughs> that is so disrespectful and mean and hurtful and unappreciative to do something like that. Um, so I think You it, didn't see the peach top. It, in my family, like generally with my mom and my boyfriend, everyone is very appreciative of it, even if maybe it's not the number one thing on their list. And when I give friend, uh, gifts to friends and, you know, people outside my family, I generally don't see their reaction because I, you know, give them the gift and then I wander off. So I don't really care if they oh, thought of it. you're missing out on the best part, Well, you know Channel-y. what? It's the, and the thing is, I give them the gift and my job is done. They can, hmm. I, I, ho- I hope I got something they like, but... I, I have to get away from that because I can't count on that reaction for validation. It is it is their gift, and what they want to do with it is theirs. If they want to appreciate it or not, and I really hope they appreciate it, but I can't I can't get let my feelings get hurt if they didn't love the gift that I thought they were going to love. You just have to leave it alone sometimes. Jerry, have you ever uh, faked a reaction? I have never faked a reaction, but the thing is, I had an experience where I thought that I reacted really well because I got something for Christmas that I loved. And it was the it was when uh, DVD players were first coming out and they were first big and I'm a huge movie guy and I was given a DVD player and it was a nice Sony DVD player and I was super ecstatic but apparently my reaction didn't show that. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. That's that's great." Right. <laughs> the person who gave it to me started crying. Oh no. <laughs> you heartbreaker you. Uh, yeah, so I I've I've actually tried to work more on on not being so so even keel when I get my gifts. Every I appreciate every gift I get. Like the fact that someone actually thought enough to buy me a gift, 
I think is awesome. So anytime I, I open up, I love getting socks. Like buy me socks. Yeah, that's great. And they don't need to be. They don't need to have microphones and stuff on them like some other people. But um, <laughs> but you know, socks, underwear. <laughs> I I get excited about everything because I just think it's great that anyone would buy me anything. And oh wow, that's, that's great. That's you should come perfect, to my grandma's that's house. That's the perfect reaction, right? Because it's the intent. No one needs to give you a gift, and no one needs to yeah. spend X amount of money. You should just be grateful that you're getting gifts. Oh and my someone, god. Everyone is just happy about every single gift. It's boring and they're lying. No kidding. Absolutely. It's it's not a truthful I want presents. Give me presents. I am such a a nervous gift giver to start with. Like, I I agonize over any gift I buy anyone because, oh, are they going to like it or they're not going to like it? I'll put that down. They're not going to like it. I'll go back to it. Oh, no, that's what they want. That's what I'm going to get. So so if if I don't get a good reaction out of it, I'm like, I'm devastated. Every year we go on about how much Jerry loves Christmas. He's Mr. Christmas. And it sounds like this is a horrible, anxiety-ridden time of year for you. Thank you, Jeff. I was thinking exactly the same thing. Just just the gift-giving part. I mean, I want people to truly love the gifts I give them. I love watching people get the gifts that I give mm-hmm. them and the reaction. I love it. And if the reaction isn't great, then I just kind of curl up into a ball. Jeff Aww. Braun, Jeff Braun, can the uh, can the plan, can you poorly execute a plan to give a fantastic gift by overthinking it? Can you? Yeah. <laughs> There's, I got a story about that. I don't know that it can was. Can you Pete Carroll it? I think it was planned on purpose. So, um, Christmas can be weird in the Braun house sometimes. As a kid, I was horrible at expressing my gratitude for gifts. I think maybe when I was really little, it was fine. But by the time I was a teenager, I was just like, whatever, you know? Uh, and my, my dad's got this thing where he likes to play tricks on people at Christmas. His his fun is to watch somebody open a gift and either be mad or befuddled by it. For the Christmas stockings, he goes to the dollar store. He buys all the garbage and crap he can find and stuffs them in there just to see the puzzled looks on our faces. When we, I still get like little matchbox cars and stuff in mine. It's so <laughs> weird. He also I also tell them because I have to fly to their house in Ontario. I say... Look at I got one suitcase. Let's be reasonable, okay? And they'll buy me the biggest books they can find, or the most breakable thing they can find, just as a joke. Well, then tell them. You know what? Give me I the do tell them, thing. and I leave this stuff at their house. I was like, I'm not taking that with me. I told you I can't. It's all for them. Fly with that. Oh, but and so this one year, I was. I think I was about 17 or something like that. My mom. My mom appreciates a gift. She does not consider a home appliance. That involves her, you know, cooking in the kitchen, a gift. Oh, this is a whole other having, having <laughs> yeah. coffee talking, but. I'll get to him. And But my dad bought her a bread maker. And she opened the bread maker and she had the reaction we would have expected. She's like, oh, <laughs> thanks. I love it. And for the next hour, maybe two hours, she sat there kind of sullen. She just, because it was like the only thing dad had bought her was his bread maker. I mean, a bread maker's not cheap. It's nothing to sneeze at, right? So, but she was not impressed, and then finally she said, it's building up. You could just see it building inside her. And she finally just had enough. She goes, and she just looks, and she's like, you seriously just bought me a bread maker for Christmas? He's like, hey, what's wrong with that? Well, that's not a good gift. That's a You can buy me a bread maker, but not for Christmas. Christmas is more special. 
He's like, did you even look in the bread maker? And she opened it up, and there was a ring inside it. So, oh, yeah. it's, it's, but he let her sweat it out for so long, and wow. he's and he burst out laughing. Wow. He's like, you should have seen your face this whole time. It's it's funny. Um, like I had my like my birthday was was recently, right? And my my boyfriend gave me this gift that he thought I wasn't going to like, and he thought I was going to have a terrible reaction to it. But it's something I needed. He gave me like a it was a Dyson vacuum, and my reaction, I screamed because I was so excited. I, I you know, I really need a new vacuum. And he and so he bought me also like all these comic books to make up for it because he thought it was gonna, I was going to have such a bad reaction. Right. I just I was so excited. I just loved you everything. You didn't need any of that other stuff. So it, it was really a double bonus. It was a double yeah. bonus. So, yeah. Well, well done. The, the Dyson vacuum does the not The thing suck. is, it would have been a bad gift if we lived together, though. Okay. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll mark that one down for another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. And thank you, Shanalee Vidal, Jerry Richardson, Jeff Braun, Kelly Moore, and of course, Shanalee Vidal. I'm a road hammer, a wind-up steel gear jammer, a rig jockey, highway slammer. I'm just doing what I gotta do. Oh, yeah. Well, why do I feel like I could drive a like an 18-wheeler after listening to this song? This is a story that's really infuriated me since the spring when the rail line at Churchill was shut down. We've been hearing about the stories of much-needed supply shortages, uh, the increasing cost of products in the Churchill uh, area, and this part of our province has been ignored in, in a massive way, except by a handful of organizations and groups that are really stepping up, including the president of Polar Industries and his partners, Mark Kahekowicz. He joins us now. And uh, Mark, uh, before we uh, get into the meat and potatoes on this, uh, one more time, I know the last time we spoke, I did this, but just want to thank you again for uh, doing what you've done and taking, taking the initiative uh, that you know, Omnitrax refuses to take that, in my opinion, the provincial government refuses to take and to uh, really reach out to the folks up in Churchill and make sure that they have what they need. So uh, thumbs up and a pat on the back to you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, tell us the status of this road for much needed supplies up in Churchill. Well, the guys, uh, the guys have finished up late last night and uh, they're on their way uh, back out to Gillum. So we, uh, we can start our, uh, our actual journey with uh, with freight. Uh, we're going to commence on on Sunday. We're doing uh, we're doing a bit of an opening ceremony with uh, with Fox Lake Cree Nation with a little bit of a spiritual uh, uh, spiritual traditional ceremony at the start because we are crossing uh, Fox Lake traditional land. So uh, we've been accepting a, a lot of freight in the last uh, in the last week at uh, at our office here in Winnipeg, and uh, the trucks are leaving this afternoon to head up to Gillum and we'll cross dock and, and start the journey uh, Sunday afternoon. And of course, Fox Lake Cree Nation is uh, your partner in this mm-hmm. endeavor. Give us an idea of the terrain that those uh, building this road faced, and 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 what are you going over, and what are you working with? We've got, uh, I mean, it's it's sort of uncharted territory. We've got uh, quite a range of, of terrain there. I mean, it's. I was up there a few weeks ago scouting, and I mean, it, it's absolutely breathtaking. Some of the views and some of the large river valleys that that, that are up there that you know most most people will never see. Um, they rugged terrain, Canadian Shield, and then you know, for the last hundred kilometers, you sort of transition into barren tundra where the winds just whip up and. Uh, and um, so, I mean, thankfully, we haven't had a lot of snow, but we're anticipating, you know, six, seven, eight foot high snow drifts come, come February. 
So how do you get these supplies from Gillum to Churchill? Surely, to goodness, you're not using traditional transport trucks. No, we're we're, we're cross-docking off of the transport trucks onto sleighs that we've manufactured and uh, and then pulling them with, uh, with I guess, with the general public would, would know those uh, dozers, uh, cat trains. And so how long will that journey take from Gillum to Churchill? By all calculations, I'm figuring we should be on the road between 30 to 36 hours. And how way. far? And how far of a journey is it? It's about 280 kilometers through the bush. 36 hours to go approximately 280 kilometers. Correct, yeah. You're... you're your marathon runners here that do the uh, Manitoba Marathon will probably get there faster if they could jog that long. <laughs> wow. Now, um, my wife worked in the trucking industry, but I'm still a layman in terms of conceptualizing how much product and, and how many semi-trailers uh, you might be moving from Winnipeg to Gillum, 60,000 pounds. Put that into uh, 53-foot trailer loads for us. Uh, we're, we're, we're basically just starting off with two. We don't want to go too heavy on this first journey. Um, we, we definitely want the ground to harden up, and we don't want to be busting through any rivers or damaging any ice bridges that we've created. So we're splitting that over three cat trains, 20,000 pounds apiece. Wow. Well, this sounds an, uh, like a, not uh, only an expensive endeavor, but also one that uh, will have its uh, potential pitfalls, and, and it, uh, it could be dangerous as well, I'm guessing, Mark. It's it's the weather condition. It's the re- remoteness. Um, it's it's traveling in groups. Um, you know, even just we've got some support vehicles, guys on snowmobiles, and I mean we're traveling in groups of three with the snowmobiles. I mean, somebody breaks down out there, the elements will get you in a hurry. So the uh, idea of redundancy is uh, critical out there. Absolutely, yeah. Safety is is, is first and foremost. Well, Mark, uh, once again, thanks for this. And uh, is there anything that, that we can do here? Is there anything that you need from the public uh, at, at this point? Uh, if any if, if any of the public want to uh, donate some non-perishable goods, we're still accepting them up until about 2 p.m. today at 220 Transport Road. Uh, we'd be happy to uh, accept any uh, any of the donations. Uh, we've, we've gotten quite a great response in the last two weeks, and we're bringing them all up. So there's still some room, uh, so we can invite your viewers to bring some stuff down. Well, the folks of Churchill hopefully will will know that not everyone is ignoring them and that there are people that care about their well-being, the economic viability. And uh, let's face it, Mark, uh, this is one of the most beautiful places in not only Manitoba, but uh, in the world. It's it's amazing. I, I've been there a few times and uh, definitely want to take my daughter up there come springtime. She'll be nine and uh, she she loves the pictures I bring home and uh, hopefully see some, some whales there in, uh, in the spring. Yeah, and uh, love the name. It just works out. Polar Industries, <laughs> president of Polar Industries, Mark Ahekowicz, uh joining us. And uh, Mark, thank you for this. Uh, do you mind if we keep in touch with you over the next couple of weeks to Absolutely. find out how things are going? Yeah, we're scheduled to arrive in Churchill on, uh, on Wednesday morning. So uh, I will definitely... Uh, and some sort of a notification out and and hopefully some pictures for everybody. All right. Well, you be safe, Mark. We appreciate this uh, one more time. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And uh, just uh, to you and uh, all your workers, be safe out there. Uh, All the best to you as well. Thank you. Well, you betcha. Mark Kahekowicz, one more time, president of Polar Industries, 280-kilometer road, a 36-hour journey, hauling in over 60,000 pounds of product into Churchill, Manitoba. What a good news story that is. Mackling and McGarry, Shadow Davis Show, and the most anticipated film of the year, is in theaters this weekend. In fact, it opened last night, 680 CJB's Brett McGarry 
has a review of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Jedi picks up where The Force Awakens left off, with Daisy Ridley's Rey meeting Luke Skywalker, the Jedi hero from the original trilogy, and wanting to learn the ways of the Force. As we saw in Episode 7, she is strong with the Force, but doesn't know what she's doing. She wants Luke to teach her, but he's just not that into it. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. Meanwhile, the bad guys, the First Order, still want to snuff out the Resistance. And their main enforcer, Adam Driver's Kylo Ren, wants to make sure it gets done. Let the past die. Kill it. And based on Luke's attitude, the First Order has a good chance of accomplishing their mission. It's time for the Jedi to end. Apologies for my voice, by the way. Sounds worse than it is. The Force Awakens arrived in 2015 and was amazing. It was fresh, fun, brought Star Wars back to basics by caring about the characters again, and it left us begging for more. Now in Episode 8, we continue to follow the journey of all those great new characters, but it's not as much fun. Now that's not because it's bad, it's just a darker chapter in this story, very much like the Empire Strikes Back was when it followed A New Hope. The visuals are staggeringly good. There are some nice moments of levity amidst all the darkness. There's an edge-of-your-seat nail-biter space battle. I actually had both thumbs in my mouth. And Luke Skywalker is back! And you've maybe seen the TV commercials that ominously say, Don't let anyone spoil this. Indeed, there are some surprising moments. My biggest complaint, it's just too long. Two and a half hours, 15 minutes longer than any of the other Star Wars movies. There's this side mission that, yeah, it's got some fun stuff in it, but it just ends up being, for me, mostly an annoying distraction, which just made the movie too long. Otherwise, The Last Jedi rocks, and now I am already anxious for December 2019 for the arrival of Episode 9. I'll give The Last Jedi four couch cushions out of five. I need someone to show me my place in all this. In the meantime, if Star Wars isn't your thing, or maybe you've got kids who are too little for Star Wars, you could try Ferdinand. People think they got you all figured out. Based on how you look. But it's not that simple. Especially when it comes to me. I'm a little more... Sorry, I almost killed you! Ow! Based on a kid's book from the 1930s, it's about a bull in Spain who would rather smell the flowers than get in the ring. And he's voiced by wrestling superstar John Cena. And his name is John Cena! That's what's new at the movies. For the Couch Potatoes, I'm Brett McGarry. <laughs>
I think that last part's just for you, Jerry. <laughs> Thank you, Brett McGarry. The Couch Potatoes can be heard tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Sunday at 6, and the podcast is already up on iTunes, Google Play, and just go to cjob.com and seek it out. Uh, we promised no spoilers, no spoilers delivered. Thank you very much, Brett. Looking forward to having you back in the studio, back in the saddle on a Monday. <laughs> Tonight, we're inviting you uh, to come and join us at the Quietic Residence. They're on Kildare. An amazing light display. 503 Kildare, if you want to put it in your GPS. Come on down and see us. Kelly Moore will be there, as will this man. And bring a non-perishable food item for Winnipeg Harvest while you're at it. Uh, Shadow Davis. Good morning. I remember being a 10-year-old kid back in the 70s and going to play some pickup hockey with my buddies down at Pirates Community Club. The Pirates 2 outdoor rink was just a couple of blocks from where I grew up in Transcona, so we went almost every night when we saw the lights were on. Oh, the lights! Let's go! So one night, while we were standing along the boards in our skates waiting for a peewee game to finish, I noticed this older dude standing next to me in a skidoo suit wearing these massive boots. So I looked over looked again and realized, holy crap, this is Joe Daly. It's the goalie for the Jets. So I said, you're Joe Daly. And he said, yes, I am. So I took off into the clubhouse hoping the canteen was still open. It was. Mr. Kressel was running it that night. So I said, Mr. Kressel, I need a pen and some paper. He said, you noticed Joe Daly out there, did you? Yep. So he gave me a red pencil crayon and his notebook, and I took off. I remember wiping out on the stairs hoping he was still there. I got up, brushed myself off, and there he was, still there, Joe Daly. So I skated over on the ice path, got him to sign an autograph, and he was great about it. Didn't seem to mind at all that he was now outed, and everybody else at the rink wanted to shake his hand and get an autograph too. The Jets were awesome that year. They won the Avco Cup just a few months later. For me, that was an amazing experience and one I clearly remember to this day. I've never told Joe about it because he wouldn't remember. And then you get into that awkward fan mode. And <laughs> So, by the way, you can go see Joe at Joe Daly Sports Cards and Framing 513 St. Mary's Road. Still a great guy. So imagine how the kids at Children's Hospital felt the other day when not one Winnipeg Jet, but the entire team showed up for a visit. Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Dustin Bufflin, Nick Ehlers, Patrick Laine, all the big names, the entire team, they all went all wearing their jerseys with gifts for the kids as well. They took the time to pose for pictures. You can see them on Instagram and Twitter if you like. They talked with the kids. They played some games. It was a full-on, big-time visit. And the smiles on the kids' faces say it all. I can't imagine anything bigger than that for these kids stuck in the hospital over the Christmas season. And you wonder about how the players feel about it. Do they even understand what a huge impact that little visit had for these kids? I don't know how you could if you're in a Winnipeg Jet shoes. Hopefully each and every one of these children makes a full recovery, gets out of the hospital soon, and tells the story of how they met Matthew Perot, Josh Morrissey, and Adam Lowry to all their friends. What a great Christmas present the Jets gave those kids. And whether the players understand the full extent of the impact of this visit or not, Thanks for taking the time, guys. You've given many people, the kids, their parents, the staff at the hospital, some fantastic stories to tell and some amazing keepsakes, not just for next week, but for the rest of their lives. So, yes, I am worried about the Jets' on-ice performance lately, but off the ice, not one bit. Back to GMAC. 
I'll be seeing Joe Daly a little bit later today. I got a Christmas gift to pick up for a couple boys in my house. So I'll see Joe and Travis later on this afternoon. And uh, you know what, Shadow? You struck a memory for me, let me tell you. Growing up in Winnipeg, uh, meeting all the Jets and meeting all the Blue Bombers. I think that's been the key to the Blue Bombers connection with the community over the last several years. We had 16 years without the National Hockey League, and then the league changes dramatically over the time that they were away. The players are less accessible to the general public. A lot of their appearances are very controlled, but the Blue Bombers have always been so accessible. You could connect with them. I used to be Bob Cameron's paper boy. I live down the street right now at this very day from James Murphy, one of my idols growing up. And you see the guys in the community. They retire here. They stay here. And looking back at the old-time Winnipeg Jets, Billy Lasuk is a family friend of ours now. Like, I mean, uh, this is something special. And Shadow, you're bang on. To meet your idols at that age. And can you imagine being in hospital over Christmas and for your heroes to come and see you? Absolutely something special. Special people, the Quiatic family, they're going to join us later on this morning, but we're inviting you to come down to their house. It is at 503 Kildare Avenue. That's out in in Transcona. From 5 till 8, we'll be broadcasting live. A little bit of some cut-ins here. Shadow Davis will be there. Hal Anderson will be there. I want you to come on down, see this incredible light display that they've created. Uh, it's in memory of Peter Quiatic's uh, now late wife, Pam. That's why it's called Pam's Christmas Wish. We're collecting non-perishable food and cash donations for the incredible people down at Winnipeg Harvest. Nobody should be going hungry this time of the year. Shadow standing by. He's got a story to share with us about his experience, well, his girlfriend's experience. In urgent care, all these changes in the healthcare system. What's your experience been like over the last two or three months? I guess it was the first week of October that the urgent care center at Misericordia Hospital shut down. There was one opened in replace of the closed emergency room at Victoria Hospital. Essentially, overnight, Victoria became urgent care. Would love to hear from you, GMAC at CJOB.com. In the meantime, we do have to uh, let you know who won our contest for two tickets to see Cavellia Odiseo starting May 12th in the Big Tent, Keniston at Sterling Lion Parkway. The question was what, Jerry the, Richardson? The question was, name three of the last four Triple Crown winners. And I had one phone call, and one phone call only. you got to be kidding me. First call, the caller had it right. Daryl Peterson told me, uh, American Pharaoh. I said, yep. He said, uh, affirmed. I said, yep. And he said, uh, Seattle Slough. And I said, yes, that's three of the last four. That's and, actually the last three. <laughs> and he probably knew the fourth was Secretariat. Do, do, do you think he was reading it from a Google search, or do you think he, he knew it off the top of his head? He was the first caller. How, he'd have to be a really good Google fooer to, to be able to do that. Fantastic. Uh, name again, sorry? Uh, Daryl Peterson. Daryl. I had Frank uh, from our uh, Oh Boy, the Buddy Holly story tickets that we gave away very early this morning. So if you're waiting for those, I apologize. We've given them away already. So congratulations to all of our winners. And uh, uh, I guess we'll have some stuff to give away next week. I don't know what yet, but you'll have to tune in. Uh, Shadow's girlfriend won herself a trip to the urgent care center in the last couple of days. Here's how it went. 
Okay, good morning. This is a story that will eventually wind up being about the newest urgent care facility in Winnipeg. But in getting there, I may have to embarrass my girlfriend a little bit, so please bear with me. Last night about 6.30, just as I was getting set to watch the Jets play Chicago, I hear this crash come from the kitchen. Then a little bit of swearing. So naturally, I walk over to see what happened. I'm almost there when Lisa comes running out of the kitchen, drops to the floor and starts wailing. Sounded a little bit to me like a walrus. No, no, that, that's not right. Maybe more like a seal? Eh, well, close enough. Anyhow, <laughs> she's holding her hand in pain, so I said, What happened, baby? Through the tears and the moaning, I somehow figured out that she'd cut herself with a knife while trying to open something wrapped in that very hard-molded plastic, you know that stuff? Her cut hand was clinched, so I finally got her to open it, saw blood, not a lot, but enough, and then I saw the cut, not very long, but possibly pretty deep, and the whole time I'm thinking, I hope this isn't bad enough that we have to go to emerge. But it was, so next thing, which one are we going to? We live right in the middle of town, so anywhere is close. Maybe St. B? Nah, probably too busy. HSC? Nah, same thing. And besides, for a little cut like this, we're not supposed to go to ER anymore. So let's try the new urgent care at the Vic, I said. Lisa goes, The 12 minutes in the car was hell between the whining and the bad drivers. And then thankfully we were there. Urgent care has clearly marked signage right from Pembina Highway into the parking lot. Easy to get in there. So I dropped her off at the patient drop-off door and then parked the car. Got in there not two minutes later after paying for the parking. She's already sitting down getting looked at by the triage nurse. Ten minutes later, with a new dressing on her hand, we sit down in the waiting area after being informed it might be a while. No worries for me, they have the Jets game on, one big screen, one smaller screen right across from me. Golden! Go to the Tim Hortons in the main hospital, grab a couple of coffees, and wait. Well, half hour later, we're ushered into one of the 14 treatment rooms and told it could be a while. 45 minutes after that, a nurse practitioner named Sarah comes in, inspects Lisa's cut to see how bad it is. Turns out it's probably not bad at all. She cleans it again and then freezes the area that requires the stitches. Then Sarah leaves, comes back 10 minutes after that with her equipment and supplies and gets to work on the two stitches that were needed. Lisa's still having trouble, but at least she's calmed down some from the initial trauma of cutting herself. They talk about the feeling in her hand, whether it's tingly and whatnot. Sarah then leaves, and another nurse comes in to administer the dreaded tetanus shot. Lisa's freaking out, but before she had the chance to have a real episode, the job is done, and we can go home after the briefing on how to clean it, and so on. And let me just say this. The staff was amazing, every last one of them. They did their jobs incredibly well, they were caring and polite, and the whole thing was over in 2 hours and 31 minutes. And so, as far as the new urgent care goes at the Victoria Hospital, that was my first experience with it, and I would give it a solid 10 out of 10. Sorry for the embarrassing story, by the way, baby. <laughs> Back to GMAC. Ah! I don't, uh, yeah, there's nothing worse than a, a deep cut. Shout out, great story. Uh, 
thanks for uh, sharing that with us. I don't know if you're going to be in trouble when you get home or if you're going to get a great big hug for that or somewhere in between. Uh, Shadow Davis uh, heard uh, once an hour from 6 till 9 here on the Shadow Davis program. It's Greg Mackling. No Brett McGarry. Mackling McGarry in the morning. Brett will be back on Monday. It is Friday after all. If you've got any traffic tips that you'd like to share with us, 204-780-6868. And uh, yeah, my experience, I shared my experience with the uh, emergency room at one of the hospitals a few weeks ago. Mine was, I, mm, I was less impressed than Shadow was. That's all I'm going to say. Well, tonight's the night. From 5 p.m. until 8, we're inviting you to Transcona, 503 Kildare Avenue West, to be exact. And uh, we're looking to cause a little bit of a traffic jam. Tie it back to traffic. Greg Mackling, it is Mackling McGarry in the morning, Shadow Davis show. And going to introduce to you, reintroduce to you, man, that uh, Shadow Davis really introduced us to last year. And it's Peter Quietic. Peter Great to finally meet you face-to-face. Feel like I've known you for over a year now. Uh, your story's been a big part of our Christmas celebration this year and last. And tonight is uh, a little bit of a culmination of something that you've been doing for years. But now we're, we're really uh, doing it for for good and, and for the folks at Winnipeg Harvest. So thank you for doing what you do and thanks for coming to see us the, this morning. Well, thanks for having me here, Greg. Get a little closer here. We want to hear your voice, my friend. Okay. For those that are unfamiliar with your story, please tell us a little bit about Pam's Wish. Well, back in uh, 2014, well, for for years, as we've been doing it, we've been getting a lot of Christmas cards, gift cards in the, in the mail. Uh, some have crocheted snowflakes for us and little ornaments. So uh, over the years... We felt that we should do something in 2014. Uh, Pam brought up doing something for Winnipeg Harvest. Unfortunately, uh, she got a little ill. Uh, we didn't know how bad it was. It started off with just uh, cold and just progressed, and she wasn't well enough for us to do a lot of things, and even doing the Christmas play that, that year, uh, she spent most of the time in the house. And... Um, it was uh, 2015 in January that uh, we got the results that she had cancer. Um, <clears throat> sorry. So as, as the months went on, I uh, lost her in July, and uh, I guess I just gave up the thought of doing Christmas again. And there was a few items that uh, we had bought together that found in the basement. I was kind of cleaning up and... <clears throat> so I gave my daughter a call, daughters a call to see if they'd be interested and give me a hand. And so we decided to do it again. And um, I guess um, <clears throat> Lauren Dobson's daughter, they were driving by one, one evening and saw the house and they took a picture and they posted it. And it was my niece that uh, saw the picture. And uh, rode into 297 at the time and told him that uh, it was her uncle's house and told the story about it, that I wasn't going to do it. And uh, got a call from Shadow. And we were talking about it, and he brought it up, and uh, they offered to pay the bill for that one year. And I asked, said it would be a lot nicer if they could 
donate donated to uh, Winnipeg Harvest. And a couple of days later, I got a call from Joanne, shadowing everybody, and uh, that's what kickstarted the, the Pam's Christmas Wish. <clears throat> so you've been to decorating your house like uh, Chevy Chase and uh, Christmas <laughs> vacation for a long time. And, you know, you, you decided that you were going to kind of turn this into a, into a, into a charitable sort of endeavor. And so you're doing this in honor of Pam. Yes. Because that was her vision. And um, I can only imagine how difficult it must be to dust off those lights and the different displays uh, for the last couple of years. But, you know, I'm listening to your story and I'm, I'm relating a little bit. My mom passed away 16 years ago, 16 Christmases ago. And I've been kind of a jerk at Christmas time, especially on the day when we decorate the tree. Cause it was my mom's, I think it was her favorite day of the year. That's that was like Pam. Yeah. 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 Why did Pam love Christmas so much? What was it about it? Just, just family getting together. Um, I guess mostly fa- just the families getting together, talking about old stories and, you know, just that part there, the uh, part of giving. Like even with the displays, uh, Christmases, if she saw kids, she'd run out there with candy canes and hand them out to her and them and even the adults. Like she just, it's just a magical time of the year. It's, it was a season, not, not a holiday. Sounds like she exemplified the entire spirit of the season, the spirit oh. that some people say has been been missing in Christmas for a while. Oh, geez, yeah, I know. She, I remember one year, I guess that's going back about 16, 17 years, she saw a little elf outfit that she'd wear at Christmas too, and it was like, and she got into it, you know. <laughs> Well, it's fantastic uh, to know and to see you realizing her really in creating a legacy that uh, is a big part of our community now. So there's a little bit of pressure there now. You know that, Peter. We're not going to let you. We're not going to let you not do this again next year. I know. Shadow's already talked to me about it. He <laughs> gave me a big speech that uh, I have to continue for. I don't want his eyes forever. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's beyond romantic. I can only imagine what she thinks and and how she's uh, honoring you wherever she is. And 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 Peter, you're a special part of our community, and we're so honored to be coming out to your house tonight. We'll be there. You know, we'll be getting set up this afternoon, but from five until eight, you can come by and you can say hi to us. And I know, Peter, you like to kind of hang around in the background, but I know there are people that are want to say hi to you when they come by your home. The address is 503 Kildare Avenue West. Right. <laughs> For those of us not from Transcona, uh, there is an east and west Kildare, and I think it's Day Street that's the divisor. Is that right? Is that right. the middle? Yeah. So anything west of Day Street is obviously Kildare West. Put it in your GPS. It'll get you there. Bring some non-perishable food items for Winnipeg Harvest, but we'll take cash too, right, Peter? Yes, we will. And how did things go last year? The, the generosity of Manitobans always blows us away. Did it blow you away? Oh, geez. Uh I thought the first year was was bad, but last year we we doubled in the poundage of the food and doubled in the cash. That is amazing. And now you, you even have a corporate sponsor. Bath Fitters got in on this. Like that's right. I, I mean, uh, the pressure's on, brother. This is a this is a big deal. Thank you for doing what you do. I should mention, though, if you don't mind, Greg. Uh, of course, Dell's Pizza will be providing pizza again 
like they have for the last two years. Geez, so from one <laughs> a long-lasting and long-standing Transcona institution, Dell's Pizza, to a three-year standing tradition, at least in terms of our eyes, he's been doing this for a long time, Peter Quietic. He's spreading a Pam's wish. He's spreading the Christmas spirit. And uh, Peter, look forward to uh, to driving by the house later on tonight and come by, give you a big hug. And uh, I'll shake your hand because I can't get close enough to hug you right now, buddy. Thanks so much, Greg, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. We invite you by. Don't you dare uh, miss it. 503 Kildare Avenue West in Transcona for the folks at Winnipeg Harvest. It's Pam's Christmas wish. I promise you will not be disappointed. It'll be well worth the drive from wherever you are. Typically, I shudder when I hear this music. As should you. Star Wars The Last Jedi will surely be the blockbuster of the holiday season. Could be the biggest movie of the year. Dare I say the biggest movie of all time? We'll find out. Last night, theaters were packed worldwide with eager fans to catch the film on opening night. It's been getting grave reviews from our own Brett McGarry and Chanelie Vidal. So we thought we'd invite a member of the Badlands Garrison. Yeah, pardon me, I'm going to try that again. Badlands Garrison, 501st Legion. They're a renegade squad- squadron. Joined by TK23518. On Earth, he's known as Trevor Wren. Trevor, thanks for taking some time with us today. Thanks for having me. You are in full Stormtrooper regalia. Uh, You took the helmet off just so you could speak with us today. I I turned around about 10 minutes ago, and it was like, like... Darth Vader's, uh, you know, minions had come for me. I apologize for calling you a minion, but really, that's what you are. No, that's absolutely what we are. We're uh, the stormtroopers are are the expendable cannon fodder. We know this. <laughs> you are doing you are doing the devil's work, Darth Vader's work. And I gotta, I've gotta ask you, um, isn't this your our biggest fear really realized? Uh, being turned into a to a a, a number TK two three five one eight. Ah, that's. That's just our fun way of keeping things organized, and it's a, a harken back to the the original Star Wars movie where, um, if you're familiar with the scene, looks down at the Millennium Falcon, TK-421, why aren't you at your post? So, they stormtroopers don't have names, and they actually continued into The Force Awakens, FN-2187. No, I'm going to call you Finn. That, you get a name now. You, you can be Finn. So That's fantastic. What's the attraction to the dark side, Trevor? We look way better and, you know, we get like white and black and like really crimson red outfits and the Rebels get like orange and white and stuff like that. It looks terrible. We look really good. You can go to our Facebook page, uh, 680 CGOB. Shannon Levadale's got the camera in hand here and you can see Trevor. Yeah, you're not having any luck? Oh, great. Of course. The force is uh, interfering here. So, uh, Trevor, let's uh, let's talk as uh, Earthlings here one-on-one. What's the attraction? When did you fall in love with Star Wars? Uh, when I was wee, I'm old enough to remember when the original was released. Saw them, you know, in theaters. So it's always been sort of, wow, if I could be anything for Halloween, wouldn't that be great? And then, you know, as the internet takes shape and you you find out that hey you actually can get this and it just sort of became a bucket list item and i finally managed to kick that bucket so you've got this extensive uh costume of course and he's uh oh my 
Uh, we have a disturbance in the force of a different kind. We have Jedis entering the studio. Uh, you guys uh, need to keep your distance from one another. Are we going to be okay here? We've got David Alberto and also Tim Webster joining us now. They are from uh, River City Jedi. Now, I haven't met you guys off air, so I don't know who is who. I'm going to get Tim. He's I'm Tim. He's Dave. Dave, welcome, fellas. And we were just talking about the whole idea of, of well, we didn't even use the terminology uh, cosplay because this is goes beyond cosplay <laughs> for me. This is, this is dedication to it's a, a character. Life. It, is it is a way is, of yes, life. Yeah. So Tim, tell us uh, who you're dressed as right uh, now. You know what? Um, I was dressing as a well-known character, but then uh, with River City Jedi, I discovered I couldn't really uh, engage in combat very well, so I had to redesign my costume from scratch. So this this is just a, a fighting Jedi costume. Fighting Jedi costume. Yeah, and for those bet. unfamiliar with the with the concept, we kind of qualified what the stormtroopers do. They're Darth Vader's minions. The the Jedi. Tell us about the Jedi and and just in general terms where they fit into the Star Wars storyline. Uh, well, Jedi are essentially for the for the most part of the 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 I guess the the numerical movies are. Are essentially peacekeepers. That's the the best way you can describe them. They're a peacekeeping force. They are for the at the most part the beck and call of the uh, the, the old republic, republic for, for a thousand yeah, years. Yeah, <laughs> for a thousand years. So they're the beck and call of of the you know the council of people who who you know rule rule the galaxy. They have their own will, but for the most part, they do what the council asks them to do. And then when you get into the original trilogy movies, they're kind of uh, defunct and, you know, trying to create a resurgence. A mystical order. Yeah, they are yeah. a mystical order. There's they're something that's, that's people don't really know who they are. Now, your knowledge of this alternative uh, the, the civilization is overwhelming to me. I, I commend you for it. <laughs> how, how long have you been at this, Dave? Uh, when did your love affair with Star Wars start? I think I was six. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, 30 years. <laughs> Um, I've, uh, gone as far, like I've read, I've read, I think every post Return of the Jedi novel that's ever been written, mm. um, for the most part, um, there's a couple that I've missed, but f for the most part, any, any adult themed re post -retur Return of the Jedi novel, there's, there's a qualification cause there's stuff that was written from before the prequels. Oh my gosh. Um, like lots and <laughs> lots and six lots. six levels one, one, Yes, very, yeah. very, and those, those books, I could never really get into the, the, the writing style of those yeah. novels, but, um, I've read I've read read that, and I even got to the point of my mom was a writer when I was growing up. She was writing uh, sci-fi fantasy stuff, so I kind of got a, a love of writing, and so I was writing my own uh, Star Wars fan fiction stuff for a forum that I was a part of. And then somebody killed off one of two or three of my characters Aww. in a couple of the side books. So I decided I'm not going to write anymore. <laughs> Dave Alberto, one of the instructors and founders of River City Jedi. Tim Webster is here. Trevor Wren, he is with the 501st Legion Ballads Garrison. They are officially a renegade squad. What does that mean? That, uh, uh, no, that's actually the local squad name is Renegade Squad. Okay. Yeah. So um, you, you, you renegade against what exactly? That's a good question, but it sounds good. <laughs> it like sound armor. good. looks good. <laughs> hey, Tim, so I, I've, I've got to ask you, uh, you have kids? You yeah, I've got three kids, and, and uh, you know what? All of us attend River City Jedi. Yeah, really? Yeah. In fact, uh, my, my daughter and her son-in-law, they've kind of exported, and they, they have their own Saber Saturdays uh, where they do their own training and instructing out in Saskatchewan, so we've already got our own little small splinter group. And uh, and we all attend. Uh, fun fun fitness and fandom. 
Well, you know, and and I'm chuckling here along with some people who are like, what, like, what is the deal with this love affair? But to me, it's no different than being a gigantic fan or a super fan of a sports team, right? You you buy the merchandise, you get, you revolve your life around the schedule of other individuals traveling across North America competing in hockey or football. You plan family occasions around making sure you catch these games. Jerry, this is not much different than being a crazy fan of a sports team, is it? Am I, am I drawing a good correlation here? I, th- I think the correlation is uh, pretty much dead on. I mean, what what is the difference? Try to find a difference. You can't. See, so you, you, I, I got to know. I know your brother, Trevor. Yep. Does uh, your brother give you a hard time about this dedication to this uh, part uh, of your not, life? Not really. No? Yeah, it's, you know, um, the 501st Legion, I mean, our tagline is bad guys doing good. I mean, we do this. We go out for, for charities. We were most recently at the Moose game. Um, you Star know, Wars game last Sunday, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, things like that to, you know, help other charities, you know, raise some money. You know, uh, the 501st Legion on its own raised over half a million dollars last year. Oh, my wine. word. Yeah. I mean, it, we're fans, but we're trying to do something good with our fandom. So, well, I mean, I mean, and these costumes are extraordinary, like all joking aside. This is amazing. Uh, I've been to Disney. My kids have been through Sith training at Disney. So, you know, they could probably join you guys, I suppose, at some point. But, you know, to see the Stormtrooper costume in person, there's something about it. I don't care if you're at Disney, Times Square, or here in our studio. It was a very powerful presence. And Tim, your costume is, is outstanding. Uh, Dave, yours is not as good today. Just <laughs> he's dressed like an instructor well, today. I'm, I'm, I'm dressed like I'm dressed like an instructor of Ever City Jedi right now. Yeah, talking about Star Wars, the latest movie, The Last Jedi, came out last night. Critical acclaim, guys. Uh, Brett McGarry said it was a little long, two hours thirty two minutes. Is there such thing, Tim, as a Star Wars movie that's too long? That's impossible. That's <laughs> that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I would just scream no but i think that yeah would be bad. yeah no. so jim have you seen it we're we're going we're going we're going actually. like we're... this afternoon yeah so you're basically on your way to there now yeah, yeah. pretty, pretty much, much yeah yeah okay and trevor when when do you get to see the film uh well just with scheduling issues with my kids i think i might be able to see it next friday unless i see next friday right? wait that long oh my goodness uh, well it's either that or i see it without them and they, they might kick me in the shins That's for that. you see yeah. it more than once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, reports that it's snowing already, uh, depending on where you are, and that it's been snowing off and on uh, throughout the morning. So, uh, hey, uh, thanks for that, because, uh, guys, you can attest. I have one little tiny window on the, wor- on the world here that has to <laughs> allow me what's going on outside. So what's the bottom line for you here, Trevor? This has obviously uh, been a lifelong uh, affection, this uh, interaction, this fandom for Star Wars. What are you going to do with it next? Have you been to San Diego or, or I guess it's Anaheim where they have the big Star Wars convention, um, right? The, I know they do uh, – Celebration was in Orlando this past year. Okay. And so, friends, oh, they move it around, do they? They move it around. Okay. Uh, the year before, I think it was in Europe, mm-hmm. yeah. Germany if I recall. Yeah, I believe um, so. There has been no announcement for the next one that I'm aware of. But have you been to one yet? I have not. Mm. Gentlemen, Tim, Dave, have you been to – 
You been to one of the big Star Wars conventions? I have yet. No, I have not. Not um, yet. It's it's a it's it's a fun it's a funding issue. That's that's <laughs> it's a, a trip. The trip to celebration isn't just isn't just the trip that the tickets are the tickets are um, pretty expensive. So you, you stop blowing to, all our cash on sabers. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe, yeah. <laughs> These lightsabers we showed them on Facebook Live, but uh, Tim, give us in about forty five seconds. Tell us about the lightsaber you're holding in your hand right this, now. This lightsaber. Is uh, aircraft gray aluminum hilt, polycarbonate blade, uh, 12 LEDs, and a full soundboard. So uh, it moves with, uh, makes sounds with motion. And uh, if I wanted to use it in combat, uh, it would it would take the pounding. <laughs> That's amazing. And this blaster that you have, Mr. Rin, that is uh, something else. You order all this stuff online. Like, is this a, a whole sub-industry for, for, for someone somewhere? It's a weird gray zone because this is all technically, um, I guess, Disney's intellectual property now. It's not like you can... We've really fallen in a gray area, the 501st Legion and, and some of the saber makers. Mm-hmm. As long as people aren't doing it, you know, to make – get rich, <laughs> they kind of will look the other way. That's why the 501st Legion will only do charity okay. appearances. You, you cannot pay us to come show up to these sort of things mm-hmm. because then Disney will start going, you know what? <laughs> you haven't licensed our material from us. Yeah. But as long as we're out – doing good works and basically being a good ambassador for their brand, they're willing to to kind of turn a bit of a blind eye to armor most most armor makers. <laughs> that, that, that's an interesting and uh, yeah. Dave Tim, you're nodding your head in agreement. This has been your it's, experience also. Well it's it's um essentially as long as people aren't when it comes to the lightsabers specifically, as long yeah. as they're not making uh, direct replicas of movie content uh, of like the, the stuff from the movies. Um, normally, uh, there there really isn't any issues with um, with kind of like IP infringement because, in the end, you, you know, like this is not this is not something that Disney's ever branded right. Um, this specific style, so it's it's something that it, it that falls into that gray area. When it comes to the armor, there is one place you can buy armor where it's perfectly licensed and it comes in a complete suit. But it's three times the cost of probably what he spent yep. to build to build that armor. And now, yeah. considering how much money that those pieces of armor cost, I know that a friend of mine said he spent about twenty five hundred putting his together over oh, the course of word. time. Wow! Um, it's in, in the range of like five to six thousand dollars U.S. to buy this piece that's licensed. That's the official red uh, yeah. official maker. I think it's an it's a, a Novos. I think yeah. is the name of the the, the company plus um, shipping. that does that. Plus plus yeah, plus shipping. <laughs> no um, free shipping. Ordered through plus Amazon. And, plus have... plus shipping and, and duties. duties. Yeah, <laughs> and duties because it's, it's in the states. So, uh, oh, um, and uh, of course you got to convert that to Canadian dollars. So, yeah, yeah, it's ten grand, right? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> it would be ten grand for that for that unit. Yeah, for, through a Novos. This. Uh, a, a complete suit of armor with all the soft goods and stuff, um, like mine, you're probably looking probably about $1,000. Yeah, well, that's not bad at and all. And time. Of course, and the time. But the time that you guys are all giving back, we've got to give you the opportunity. How can people reach out to you, Trevor, and the 501st Legion, the Badlands Garrison? Uh, Badlands Garrison and Renegade Squad are both on Facebook. You can find us there. Uh, the 501st Legion is 501st Legion 501st.com. Uh, Badlands Garrison, you can find us, do a quick Google search. I don't have the URL quite handy. No problem. It's the best um, way to get it. So, any of those, uh, we'd love to come out and hang out at your event and 
scare your coworkers. But <laughs> <laughs> Jesus out of me. Uh, Tim, Dave, how can folks get in touch with River City Jedi? Uh, the easiest way is just straight up our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash River City Jedi. Um, or you can send us an email. It's River City Jedi at gmail.com. Um, we do. Uh, on, on occasion, we'll do birthday parties, but for the most part, the the, the our uh, if you like we'll, to sweat, if you like to sweat, because <laughs> our birthday parties are pretty much classes. Um, but uh, we we generally just do the just do classes. So you can come down. Your first class will be free. Um, everybody's everybody gets a shot to come down and give it a try. We'd like everybody to try it before they say that it's not for them, and then. Uh, and then after that, we're good. Okay, Darth Vader's giving us the sign. He's giving us the sign with the saber. He's going to let us have it if we don't get out here. Uh, Jerry Richardson, thanks for the week, my friend. Dave, Tim, Trevor, thanks for coming down today. For everyone going out to see Star Wars, enjoy it. Have a great weekend. Macklin McGarry will be back on Monday. It's the Shadow Davis Show. The Start On Demand is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.